Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Ace in the Hole, sharing the secret sauce. And today I have with me David Perry, and David is going to be sharing his secret sauce. But first, let me tell you a little bit about David. So David, he is the CEO of, is it Caro or am I saying it right, Caro? Yeah, it's Caro. That's correct. Okay, cool. Uh, it's a new e-commerce partnership network used by over 30,000 Shopify brands. GetCaro.com helps brands gain attention, sales, and new customers by partnering with other brands in the network. Sony PlayStation acquired Perry's previous company, Gakai. <laughs> that one's harder. It's Gaikai. Uh, Gaikai. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I should have asked you this ahead of time, but here we are. So, okay, Gaikai, right? Let, let me tell you a really funny story really quick. That So my co-founder loved the word Gaikai. It's a Japanese word. And lo and behold, he, once he got on that uh, sort of idea, then everything in the company got Japanese names. The, the name of literally our servers were, were Japanese. And... Um, <laughs> And then we get acquired by Sony, a Japanese company who loves our respect for their culture. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> That's pretty funny, actually. I love this. And so anyways, in case you guys didn't know, but um, you know that, that is what happened. And the service, I guess, is called PlayStation Now. Yes. Good to know. So David, I read a little bit about you know your background and it seems like you were pretty uh, creative and tenacious from a young age because you seem to learn things and then put them into action and make it happen. So with all of that said, as a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Did you know? Did you keep changing with when you learned new things? Like what was it that drove you? Well, that's a good question. So I grew up in Northern Ireland, and the rule is in Northern Ireland that from your parents and grandparents and everyone, that they are very crystal clear on this, that you can be anything that you want to be as long as you're a doctor or, um, uh, or a, an attorney first. So as long as you get your degree to be a doctor or an attorney, you can do anything you like. And, and it's just this thing. And so my mother was on this uh, focus of she wanted me to be a dentist and, um, and I wanted to be a pilot. And as I was growing up, the Concorde airplane was a really big deal. So if you were young um, at that time period, the Concorde just was the dream airplane, supersonic from British Airways. And my mother worked for British Airways. And so she arranged for me to go and sit in the cockpit of Concorde. And as a kid, that was like just the most exciting thing ever. And I went in there and I had this terrible problem that I'm actually six foot, eight inches tall. And <laughs> whoever invented Concorde really messed up because, you know, there's not a chance I was going to fit in that thing. It was awful. And you can imagine how that sort of destroyed my dreams. Like I can't be a pilot in Concord. Um, but anyway, um, what I discovered was that the, the, the game industry um, was a thing. I had no idea. I was, I, I got access to computers. I started writing simple little games for them because that's much more fun than writing anything else, like any kind of business thing. And um, and I, I, I would send my games into magazines and was super, I mean, imagine you're like 15 years old and you're in magazines with your games. It was really cool, but I had no idea I was getting paid for it. And so I suddenly got a check in the mail, you know, for the stuff I'd been sending in. And it was about um, somewhere around, I can try to remember now, like whatever, $600 or something. It wasn't even that much, but um, I didn't have a bank account to put it into. And 
I sort of went, hold on a minute, that's going to buy a lot of candy. And so how many, I could do so many more of these games. So I would sit up all night typing and I realized, you know, in, in high school, you can effectively be in business and you can become the candy baron. And that, that sort of started my whole interest in the game space. I had no idea that you could be paid to make video games and it was very early. So the, the games were very simple. So it wasn't that hard. I, I, the, the graphics were blobs and the sound effects were beeps. And, uh, and so I didn't need anyone else to help me. I can do blobs and beeps. And so that, that's, that ended up, um, really getting me rolling. And I ended up writing, ended up actually writing books, um, on video games, um, you know, where you could actually type the games in and play them straight out of the book. And, and, um, from there I ended up, uh, just, you know, realizing that, that my future was going to be based upon what's working and less about what my parents wanted. <laughs> you know what I mean? This whole pre-planned thing didn't work for me at all. Uh, it's more, I actually once gave a commencement speech at Queens university in Belfast. Um, the, the, the big joke being I left high school, I never went to college. Um, but they invited me back and gave me a doctorate. And so when they gave me a doctorate, they asked me to do a commencement speech and I did. And, um, and I talked about how life sort of gives you these opportunities, doors open, and it's up to you whether or not you walk through those doors. And it was funny because at the end of my speech, they, they were, the Dean was very unhappy because I, I had basically said that luck is going to determine your future, not not education. It's got nothing to do with luck. It's all about education. And it was funny because it was too late. It was said. Um, so anyway, um, that's been my experience as life opens doors. And uh and are you ready to uh, are you ready to, to sort of step through? You know, are, in fact, are you looking for the open doors? Um, and and I I do believe that uh, those opportunities can create really interesting situations that lead to other things, um, which will you know give your career a path that you could never have maybe even predicted. Um, but I used to go to the TED conference a lot, mm-hmm. um, and the TED conference. One of the best speakers there was a guy called Sir Ken Robinson. He was arguably the best speaker at TED, standing ovations guaranteed. Um, and he talked a lot about how human beings have an element that, that they're pre-programmed for. Like, this is what you're actually built to do. And the saddest thing in life is if you don't work it out. Like, imagine you don't ever know that you're built to be whatever, a ballerina or something like that, but you just never worked it out. And you end up, you know, um, being an accountant or something that, that because your parents were and or they told you that's what you needed to do. And I think that's uh, that was a really, really I think it's a really key point. And it it's it's I think that's the way my life has gone as I found my element in, in it, And that was creating video games. I did it for about 30 years. And um, I, the reason that that's important is because when you find the thing that you're really into, Again, this is your program to do this, that that when you meet people that think the same way, you have immediate rapport with them because you're so interested in what they're really interested in. And, um, and you also don't need to be paid even to do this thing because you can't stop thinking about it. And, um, and when you're, when you become obsessed by it and you're, you know, that you don't have to be paid, it's not like this is just a grind for you. Um, then you become dangerous 
um, to anyone else that you're competing with because they're not willing to do it for free. They have to get paid and they're, you know, they're always wanting to stop and go do something else. Um, and that makes you kind of deadly. And, and so finding your element, I think is a very, very core thing. Um, I met him once I was at a party in Los Angeles. I walked in, I saw him in the garden and I went up to him and, uh, and he sort of explained how that whole, he wrote a book on it. Uh, I think it was called like finding your element or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and, or, uh, or the element or something like that. And, and he, uh, he said it changed his life, but the number one question he gets is, well, how do I work that out? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I know this, I know there's something out there, but how do I find it? And, uh, and, and he, I, I think he wrote a second book to try to help people find, sadly he's passed away now. So mm-hmm. uh, he's no longer with us, but I think he was dead on. Um, and I think, um, once you know what that is, it's really fun. I have a daughter right now who's, uh, you know, she's 17 and I'm watching awfully closely, you know, just, just to see what is it that really motivates her. Um, and, and there's a problem here is you can't just sit back and wait for the answer. It means you have to try lots of things. And so that's another, I think, clear piece of the puzzle is you want to get out there and try things. Cause that's the only way you're going to find what your element is. And, um, and so that that's definitely I've been fortunate there and I, I just hope my daughter finds what she wants to do. But I can guarantee I won't be doing the, you know, you have to be a, a, an attorney or, or get into medicine for me to be happy. That's, that's not going to happen. I think that's great. And I'm sure she appreciates that because it's probably uh, telling of the relationship you have with her anyways is probably a little bit different than what you grew up with. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, it's, it's these days. I, I, I really understand the, the world today as far as um, impatience and things go, like that go and motivations and social media and all the rest of it. I find it all fascinating. And so I, I, I'm paying very close attention. Um, you know, there's a lot of parents think me, social media is a bad thing. Like you shouldn't be doing it. You should be playing in the garden. <laughs> You know, it's like, yeah, but imagine you were a kid today. Would you be like, no, no, let me go play in the garden. Or would you like to be able to look at YouTube? Um, And so you have to sort of keep it real. Times have moved on. And so how can we make sure that, um, you know, we're helping the kids find their path and and learn the thing they need to do? It's even causing uh, uh, challenges to the concepts like, like what is going to university and why are you doing it? Um, what is your hope to get out of that? Um, because they're starting to show a bit of a breakdown where, where students are going to university and then realizing they're way, already way ahead of what they're about to get taught because they, they taught themselves at home to do that thing. Um, and they watched YouTube videos and everything else, but then they put the time in and actually did it. Um, and now they're sitting there in a class with getting taught the fundamentals um, that they already know. And, mm-hmm. and so it's, you know, what is that? Uh, you know, should you, should you move at the speed of thought or should you move at the speed of some pre-programmed, um, system? And so, um, I think it's going to get very interesting as time goes on. Um, the speed, um, I call it the time to aha, how long it takes you to realize something. And I think that the, the education system long-term needs to get better at, at getting to the aha faster. Um, and if you think of that on, on an individual basis, it's like how fast can you learn a subject 
and um, and get competent in it so that you're you can move forward and use that new skill. And and you know, do you want that to be a year or do you want that to be a month or do you want that to be two weeks? And I think the fact that most educational establishments think in you know, well, that'll take a year. That'll take two years. You know, actually, you can't learn that yet. You're not allowed to. You have to wait four years, and then you can come back, and I'll teach you that thing. That's terrible. <laughs> like, what is that? Right. Um, that? That's just not compatible with 2022 onwards. So, I'm fascinated by the whole thing, and I, I think, um, you know, business-wise, it'll uh, there's it's allowing people to think of ideas, and you know, as an entrepreneur, that's a really fun thing that. That, you know, my last company was bought by Sony PlayStation, and it was based on on delivering video games from the cloud, which meant I had to learn ab- about servers and how that all worked. You know how the cloud really works. Um, you know transit deals. Um, you know for sending data and um, all that stuff. And you know I actually built our first server on my dining room table, component by component. And you know you. You go, what, should I be taking a, a course for that in university or something? You know, because no one's, it, it's just, you've, you've just got these days, if you want to actually innovate, mm-hmm. you've got to just get on with it. And uh, and so that's that's what I found is um, you just got to start. Uh, you, there's a great um, there's a great book called uh, um, Flow. I have my own interpretation of it, which is basically if you're, if you're climbing a mountain, um, no matter what the mountain is and all the tasks you need to get done, as long as you keep climbing, you will actually make it to the summit. Um, it's the people that get caught in the fog and you're not quite clear where you're going um, or you're not quite clear how high this mountain is. Um, then then they tend to get lost in the fog and they die. <laughs> that's, right. where they, that's where they die on the mountain. Um, so, But if you can keep your eye on the summit and you keep climbing, you see this every time you move your hand, the summit gets closer. And that is huge um, because in the game industry, we've learned that's what motivates people um, to play for, you know, until three in the morning is because they actually feel progression. And if you don't feel progression, then you're lost in the fog and then they just go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, um, I understand that. Uh, I raised three children and uh, one of them still plays video games all the time. Mm -hmm. So, yep. Yep. And so does her fiance. And that's how they met, by the way, was playing video games. So there Wonderful. You go. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Some, someday we're going to get you to play. <laughs> you know, I used to play Pong. There so. you go. Yeah. Do you want to know a fun story about Pong? Yeah. Um, I, I've, I've met the, the, the um, Nolan Bushnell, the guy that created Atari. And yeah. uh, he has a really fantastic story. He said they created Pong. They put it in a bar. And the, the owner of the bar called him up and said, please take this thing out of here. It's broken. And they went to check out why it was broken. And it turns out that the cash box was so full that it, they couldn't get any more coins into it. Um, and he's like, we can solve that problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> a great business problem, isn't it? We need, we need a bigger cash box. So. I love that. I do. I actually worked uh, for a very short period of time Um on a Facebook game and I actually met Nolan Bushnell um, because I went to a conference that he was at and I thought he was very innovative in his thinking still. Um, I mean, this is just, I don't know how many years ago it was, it was in this century. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't the last century, but um, you know, I'm all about innovation in how people are motivated. And 
you know, some of the things that you've been talking about are really interesting to me because your perception, it might be different, you know, than somebody who's listening and they're going, yeah, but you did this and you did that. But, but here's the thing, David, I'm totally curious. There is a part of you or there's something in you that says, first of all, I'm 15 years old and I'm sitting here and I'm creating games. It's like, what's your motivation behind that besides I'm going to be able to buy a lot of candy at some point, right? Or I'm going to be able to do something. It's sounds to me like you like to go in new directions or there, there's just something to me that says you're going to go where you haven't gone before. Yeah, that actually is, I remember one day sitting in my office just thinking, what is it that motivates me? Like, what really is it? And I, I literally took the time to sit there and really think about it. And the answer was education. And education sounds incredibly boring. Um, that's not what I'm talking about. At the time, I was looking at my PC and I was about to get a new PC. And then I'm like, I'm just going to build this myself because I'm going to, to to learn how to build a PC. And 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 that that's the point is... When you start to experience lots of things, so if I said to you, hey, you have a chance to go scuba diving, and you're like, oh, I'm not really into scuba diving, that's not the right answer. You have to go scuba diving. Um, you need to play golf. You need to play tennis. You need to water ski. You need to skydive. But And you're like, but I don't want to do all that stuff. Well, you have to. Um, and the reason you have to is because it sort of gives you experiences and, and knowledge of things that you don't currently know about. And when you do it, 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 it actually creates rapport with people that do that thing. You'll find in life there's a lot of people that are obsessed by something. They play golf every day. It's all they do. And so do you have any golf stories? Like, can you, can you handle a conversation with that person? And so what I found, and th there's an example I like to give where I was sitting on a plane once, and this guy, I want I love to do that, by the way, is you're sitting on a plane and someone's sitting beside you. Mm -hmm. Find out um, what, what you have in common. Um, there's something, and 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 if not, then that's a signal that you really need to get out more, <laughs> do more stuff, right? But you know, I'm sitting on the plane, and this guy, um, you know, older guy, and I said to him, you know, what do you do? And he said, I I I import iron ore, and I and I literally sat there going, damn, I got nothing. I can't think of anything to do with iron ore. I, I you know, I just don't know that, and so. Um, yeah, I noticed he was playing a tennis game on a little handheld and I said to him, you know, I know the people who made that tennis game. And he said, I invested in this tennis game. And we're like, oh, so now we've got something and off we go. Right. And now we're having a nice chat. And then he said, look, I'm going to go and see you two tonight at Madison Square Garden. Would you like to join me? And, and I'm, and I said, of course I would, that'd be great. And so I go and we're sitting there, you know, with, he had incredible seats over the stage and I'm sitting there going, if I hadn't have turned to this guy, I would not be sitting here listening to you two from these awesome seats. Um, and, 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 and that's really the point is, is it's, it's actually something that's really useful. It, it comes in all the time. Um, when I get, you know, you get into a meeting and there's some people in the room it's better to go into that room knowing you have rapport with those people. You just have to work out how. And um, and and once you do, it breaks the ice so quickly. Um, and so that's, that's I commonly will say that to people like, what are you into? What do you do? Like, what's your hobbies? And they'll say I'm into photography. And I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, I studied it. I, I've, I've taken the classes. I understand how it works. And so these are... 
these are things that I, I think you can take advantage of something these days, which is people are willing to share. Uh, I'll give you a ridiculous example where um, I got interested in woodworking and there's one chair that everyone looks at. It's called the Maloof rocking chair. It's incredibly hard to make. It's, it's really hard. And I'm like, I want to learn how to make this. And on a scale of one to 10, it's an 11 in woodworking. So mm -hmm. I want to learn how to make a Maloof rocking chair. And I ended up getting on a plane and flying to wherever it was, like Ohio, to, to this, this guy who was incredible, and he taught me how to do it. And that's the point. Like, are you willing to go get in the plane and go somewhere to get that information so that you learn the thing that you've just challenged yourself with? I think that's, that's a very key piece of what makes it possible, right? Because now in the woodworking space, I... I uh, and I've done several other things like that. Then, then you start to really understand um, woodworking, and then you go on to metalworking. Have you done any welding? Do you understand how welding works? TIG welding, MIG welding, flux core welding, all of that. Has that got anything to do with video games or my day job? Heck no. But boy, oh boy, does that open up your mind. When I look at the world differently, I walk into a room and I look at furniture appreciating how it was made right? I, I literally see the world differently now. And when you look around the room that you're sitting in right now, every single object that you stare at in your entire room, everything, some human being lovingly designed that thing. Like just the, even the screw fitting for your light bulb, someone thought, hmm, how many turns should it be? And what kind of metal should it be? And how big should it be? So every single, every single little detail, some creative person cared greatly about building and making that thing and mm -hmm. um, and so for me i wanted to be able to participate in that world um, where you can be creative in any dimension for anything that interests you and so i think it's fun i just uh, the biggest problem we have in life is just time <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's, it's the worst part of all of this it really is it's just time so you of course have to try to squeeze this into whatever you're doing but um, I, I can promise you will not regret um, learning things that are interesting to you that, that will ultimately um, open all kinds of other doors for you. I love that. And I'm a big subscriber to learning new things. And, uh, and my husband is too. I mean, he's, he's always been that way as well. And I forgot to mention he's six foot seven. So I understand the height <laughs> thing. <laughs> um, but you know, my, my question is, you know, the things you're talking about, it sounds to me like you're curious and you allow your curiosity to lead you. And I think a lot of people are curious, but they always have obstacles, right? There's always not just the time, but the energy. Am I going to be a failure? Am I going to be successful at it? And I mean, whether it's for their personal pleasure or it's something professionally, I think a lot of people get stuck in their head and then they don't do anything and they become what I like to call an armchair explorer, where they just think and think and think, and then they never do. Yeah, I call them hurdle pointers. I'm much more aggressive <laughs> towards that. Um, the worst people in the world are are hurdle pointers. So they they will literally stop you getting anything done. So if 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 you find yourself pointing at hurdles, you have to stop that behavior immediately. Um, would you rather be a hurdle pointer or a hurdle jumper? right and and the world needs more hurdle jumpers and and what that does is sometimes you'll end up in in a group of people where you have a bunch of hurdle pointers um pointing to all the problems and here's why we can't do this and here's why we can't do that and 
when you get to work with some hurdle jumpers, it's a very different experience. What happens is stuff gets done and you find out later how hard it was. Like, oh my God, you did this and then you had to do that and you had to do this and that. And that was, how did you get, you just got it done. That's amazing. Um, when you experience those people, you can't go back. It's really hard to go back to, oh, let's get into meetings where nothing gets done because everyone's pointing at problems. Um, so that would be my thing is, is you know, externalize a little, have a look at yourself. Are you pointing at hurdles? Is there something in front of you that's just, and, and, and then ask yourself, is it really a hurdle? I mean, is it really, really, really stopping you, honestly? Um, there's just no way around it. Um, we actually have a, a thing at our company where um, the employees will literally say, I'm kicking over the hurdles, which means that I don't even, I, I'm not giving any any time at all to, to the hurdle. I'm just, I'm going to kick it out of the way. <laughs> I'm not going to waste my time jumping it because it's just not something worth worrying about. And so that would be, I think, probably a really key thing, not just for the individual, but for who they who they associate with or who they're hoping to succeed with. If you, if you're hoping to succeed with an anchor dragging behind you um, in the form of people that are pointing at all the hurdles, then, then you're going to find it very hard to, to get stuff done. I would agree with that. And I think that there's something to be said for people that are more visionary, right? Where like I'm a visionary and I can tend to drive people insane around me if they're not the right people because you want to have people around you that are excited. And I think most entrepreneurs are visionaries and, you know, they can see the vision. And of course they want to have people that buy into the vision. And as you said, are ready to jump over those hurdles to get to whatever that vision is going to be. And, you know, I think some people don't realize that they're attracting the people that get stuck at the hurdles, you know, that don't go over them, that point them out, that are always, you know, stuck on the problem. So how would you say as somebody who is an entrepreneur, who is a visionary. And, you know, they're like, okay, go, go, go. I want to go forward. And yet, you know, they got that anchor dragging them, you know, is it, you just cut your losses and move on? Like, what do you do to attract those kind of people that are going to jump those hurdles for you or with you? I think um, one key thing uh, you, you mentioned vision, and I think that's the important piece. And so how do you get a vision? Um, the answer is, you, you you look at the thing that you want to do, and the way I do explain it is quite simple, is you just look at whatever you want to do and you say, how would I beat that? Like, so, uh, you know, if you wanted to beat a certain website or a certain company or a certain uh, thing that's in your house, and whatever it is, um, buying a car I love because they still put like all the stupid paperwork on the table and make you go through all of this stuff. And it's like, this is 2022. I cannot believe you're doing this. Um, <laughs> could you beat that? I, I can beat that, you know, so many different ways. And so the thought process, the part where you should be staying in the sofa and thinking is how can I beat it? And then whatever you come up with, then you have to beat that. So whatever you say, well, this is, this is how I would beat it. Okay, that's great, but, but how would you beat that? And then you go, well, actually, I'd then do this. Well, how would you beat that? And you keep saying, how would I beat this? Until you get to a point where you're like, I cannot think of any possible way that that could be improved. When you get there, I call it the end of the, end of the track thinking. It's like going down a track. Um, when you get to the end of the track uh, and you just can't think of a way to beat that if it existed, that's what you start building towards. When you build towards that, you're going to find other people want to join you um, because you're clearly pointing into 
free thinking space. You're, 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 you're becoming the tip of the spear as far as thinking for that thing. And usually that will, that will feel and sound quite innovative, whatever you're proposing, um, because you've exhausted the potential of it. And you'll find that that's what companies are interested in investing into and buying is, is people that are out there, um, you know, doing something that's cool in a new space and inventing a new space. I would say as, as a rule of thumb, if you don't beat whatever it is by 10 times, it's probably better to think of something else, like keep going, <laughs> think of something else. But if you can, if you can 10 X anything, then you're, you're definitely, um, you're definitely onto something and, uh, and, and you should definitely pursue that and get yourself some non hurdle pointers to join in and help you, um, achieve the goal. Um, but that, that the, the, the way I, the, the sort of the way I explain this is I say like in the video game industry, the whole industry is on a train and they're all on the train together on those tracks. Um, and there's some people who miss the train and they're just frantically chasing after it, hoping to someday be on the video game industry train. Um, and then there's some people trying to think about what's the next step. And, um, and that next step is really important, but it's not enough if you want to give yourself some real free space to operate within. So that's why thinking what's the next step, what's the next, how would I beat that? How would I beat that? It's kind of a fun uh, mental exercise and you can do that with anything. Again, look around your office, pick up any object and say, is there any way to beat that, to do this better or any piece of software that you use or you know, anything you experience in life, how the school is run or something like that. You can literally look at anything and say, um, how can I beat it? How can I beat it? How can I beat it? I love that. You're reminding me actually uh, of my son who right now is negotiating with a company to have his software bought. And what he did was he decided um, he went into being a consultant and he spent his days doing PowerPoints and working with Excel. And he realized Excel was just a horrible program, at least for what he needed it for. So he's become obsessed with Excel. So he's created like two different kinds of well, he's created one piece of software that's being bought right now that is uh, sort of an improvement on Excel. And then he has currently been working on something that he's improving upon for Excel as well. And so I can see that like when you're, especially if you're working with something or something's always in your sight line and you're like, okay, this, this could be better. And I just think what you're saying is super innovative. And again, I just think people still have like a fear or some kind of obstacle. Well, maybe I could improve upon it, but somebody else could will probably beat me to it. Or, oh, I can improve upon it, but maybe somebody else will do a better job. You know what I mean? Like, I think sometimes people just get stuck in these places and it's mindset, of course. And I just wonder how you said, I mean, I think you've naturally set yourself apart, but what would you say to that? I heard a really great uh, uh, quote that was on TikTok or something like that. There's a guy who actually at some point I met, um, so I recognized him, but he was he was quoting this idea of when when something, when you get a no in life, like when this, this is a no, sorry, this is a no, this is a bad idea, or this is a, the answer is no. He said, imagine you are 24 no's away, and I'm just picking a random number, you're 24 no's away from being a billionaire. How does that change your opinion of what a no is? You know, at that point, you're like, oh, thank goodness, there goes another one. 
right? Like every every roadblock is once it's gone, you're closer to your goal. Um, and 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 it was such a great change of perspective, right? Nose, I got to get these nose out of the way so I can get to the billion. And um, and and I don't think many people think that way. I, I think they they see the no like a like a not a concrete wall, a wall made out of tungsten that just can't be. There's no possible way to ever get through it. Um, and so this idea that um, no or that's not going to work um, is actually a good thing because it's 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 just a matter of getting past those to get to the to to the win. You see the you see this happen a lot with influencers. So people decide they're going to be an influencer and they start posting and they get three likes on their on their video, and they're like, "Well, that's that's not working." So I guess I won't be an influencer, and and they don't understand that it's just it, it you have to keep posting and posting and posting and. And trying different things and understanding the space and learning what works and what doesn't work. And it could be your 72nd post that suddenly gets a million views because you've worked it out and you've hit, you, you've said the right thing, you've hit some, you've hit a nerve and and people share. This happens all the time, by the way. Um, the 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 influencer finally works it out and suddenly they become suddenly they're you know able to pay their way because they've uh, they, they've they've made it and uh, and they've they've sort of reverse engineered the problem but it's very easy to just go oh, that's gonna be so hard I, I you know but in reality there's the opportunities are just out there um, it's it's funny because there's there's a girl who's a friend of my daughter's who's decided to become an influencer and she's posting three times a day every day and and I, I just keep going well done you know, she doesn't care if it works or it doesn't work, but she's putting in the time and the effort. And, you know, within a reasonably short period of time, one of the videos got like 120,000 views. And that's just great, you know, because that that makes her go, oh, you know, maybe there is a chance here. And she keeps going and going and going. And so that's the climbing the mountain part. So she's, she's climbing the mountain. She knows it's going to be a long climb, but she's not saying, well, I'm not going to start. Um, she's actually, um, you know, doing it. And and that's honestly how you get things done. I mean, those those people succeed. You wonder how they did it. The answer is because they did it, and they they just got up every day and said, "I'm going to do it." And uh, you know, you have to you have to accept that some of the stuff you post is going to be garbage, and and that's actually okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I would totally agree with that. Yeah, you don't know. Um, I had a video go to a million or over a million on TikTok uh, that I didn't even know my social media person posted. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. But again, I don't think that you have to look at everything as a state of rejection. And I think that's more of where people, you know, they get stuck. It's not just the no, it's the rejection. It's, oh, I've been rejected. And I'm like you in that I, I just feel like, hey, every no that comes or every rejection that comes, whether it was when I was dating, you know, and I was trying to meet somebody to have a, a nice, healthy relationship with, or I was business wise looking for this is who I want to work with. And this is what I want to do. And I just knew that in time, it would happen. But I had to get through all the no's. I had to get through all the rejection. Yeah. I mean, my daughter does uh, casting calls. I don't think there's any better way to make someone feel rejected than casting calls. It's endless. <laughs> <laughs> right? 
sometimes you drive all the way to to Los Angeles. Like, you know, it's a good drive. You go up there, you stand in line forever. You finally go in a room. They look at you and go, nope. <laughs> oh, man, that is tough. That is tough. But good for her that she's willing to do it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You, you um, as my mother would say, if you, if you're not in, you can't win. So like, that's very simple, not in, you can't win. So you got to do it. That is awesome. So a couple things I wanted to, uh, to bring up before we do head out. And that is, you know, I'd love to know what you believe your secret sauce actually is. You know, what is it? Is it the, the curiosity? Is it that you keep going or is it a combination of things for you? I think for me, it's um, I can't stop thinking of ways to improve experiences that I get, and that gives you endless ideas for things you could do. Time is my is my problem, and so then that means you have to carefully work out of all the ideas you have, which does the world actually need, and um, and and so once you've worked that out, um, then you can go gangbusters. But um, but I don't. I don't get too much in my head. You know, once I know that that's what I'm going to do, we just do it. There's no, um, I don't sit there and, uh, and worry about, you know, can I learn this thing or can I find people that, that, that are out there that would be interested in this? You're going to find those people. They, they're, they're out there. Um, the internet's a pretty great way to, to connect with people. Um, and, you know, you can literally... I, I'm sort of trying to teach this to my daughter right now. She's uh, she's written her own movie script, and and I was trying to help her find an artist. And then you go, well, hold on, there's artists. She's you know, your first thought is, what artist do I know? Who cares? There's artists all over the world that would love to work with you on a movie that have never had an opportunity to do that. So let's you choose the artist that you think is good, and let's send them a message. And what do you think happens? You know, oh my God, this sounds great. I'd love to. I'd love to be involved in a in a movie pitch. Um, never done that before, and so suddenly you lock onto an artist. And uh, this, the one that she chose, is in Switzerland, and you know now you're you're working with an artist in Switzerland. That isn't that cool. Like that's the world today. I uh, love that. I think that's awesome. Yeah, and 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 just know there's there's a lot of people out there that have great talent, but maybe you open a door for them, and, and that they haven't been able to to open themselves, and. Um, and, and, you know, you'll find everything else comes after that. So um, when you show that you're creating momentum, people will start to, to, to want to be a part of it or investors will, will want to invest into it. But you have to be able to show that you're able to get things moving um, before anyone's going to get excited. What I hate um, is when people think that investors' job is to risk money. That's the biggest misunderstanding in planet Earth is that investors' job is to take money and just like in, in go to Vegas and you know put it on red and see what happens. That's not what they do. Their job is to protect money. And when you think about that, that changes your whole perspective on what investors are. Their job is to take money and protect it, to do due diligence, to be really, really careful about where they place it so that it actually makes money. Um, and when you realize that and you say, oh, now I get it. So now you have to help them um, make money from your, from working with you. And the way I explain that, I was once at a conference and, and I was on a panel with a bunch of investors and I, and I said to the investors, I think I've worked out what it is that you guys want. And they're like, okay, what is it? And, and I said, it, you know, if you think of it like in gold mining, it's my job to go find the seam of gold 
Like I literally have to do all the prospecting and go find the seam of gold. But once I've definitely found the seam, seam of gold, it's your job to bring in the heavy machinery to get that gold out of the ground. And, and they all just nodded. <laughs> <laughs> so let me, let me ask you something really quick before we go. So your business that you have right now, is this because you saw a way of improving something? Like what, what is Get Caro? So, so Cairo is, um, is, a, is something that you can just add to a Shopify store. If two companies have the same, have Cairo installed, they, they are effectively suddenly able to, um, uh, to sell each other's products. So if, you've, if you have a bicycle store and I have a helmet, a helmet store and I make helmets, um, you can now sell my helmets in your store. This is very timely because... Um, what it does is it allows, if I put my helmets into your bike store, now I'm getting your traffic for free. In this day and age, to pay for clicks is very expensive. And so the idea of partnering and placing your products into other people's traffic is really interesting. And with all the brands we have installed today, they have 350 million visitors a month hitting their their stores. And so this idea of sharing and partnering is completely radical. Um, when you when you compare it to, I went to a marketing conference and everyone was talking. Every single talk was about iOS fourteen and the problem that's causing with paying for for you know Google clicks and things like that. Um, this this is a very different way of thinking about it. If you partner with other companies, you can actually increase your sales immediately. Um, and 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 it. I've been on the phone with CEOs of brands where they maybe make a, a, a really cool bag that you take to the beach, but they've never thought what goes in the bag. Like never, it's not what they do. They're in the bag business. They're not in the sunscreen and towel business, but, mm-hmm. or sunglasses. But, but when they think about it, they're like, well, do I really want people to open a tab and buy everything else from Amazon or someone else? Why don't I actually curate a really cool bag for the beach and the things that go with it? And what actually happens is then, People add those items into their cart, and that increases their average order value, and um, and that is the most important metric for um, unlocking marketing for your own brand. Is the more that people spend when they visit, the more you can spend to acquire customers, and so ultimately, um, partnerships seemed like a really good idea. Since then, we've just had a you know one thing after another that's occurred where major entities have come to us and said. Actually, we want access to all these brands because we need products, lots of products. Can you help us with that? So we're getting brands on television now and in lots of different media sites. I mean, all kinds of interesting relationships because you're a network of brands. And uh, and that's what this has become. We also um, have a lot of influencers on the platform. We have uh, Kendall Jenner and Khloe Kardashian and all kinds of different brands that they own installed uh, Millie Bobby Brown's Florence by Mills, all those brands are installed um, in or have our platform installed. And so um, it's fascinating to watch um, how all this is going to play out because I think that if brands help each other, and I, I my 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 personal vision and goal would be that they really help each other so that they they start by um, by selling each other's products and and considering growing their offering. like if you if you sell spaghetti today, it's very hard to upsell your spaghetti with more spaghetti. Um, so what, what, do you, what, do you, what do you have on your website with your spaghetti? And the answer is beautiful recipes with lots of nice table lays and things like that. So why not 
considering adding those to your store and, and having those partnerships. But what we've also found is that the influencers are becoming very important um, because they, they have so much attention. Um, it's, it's, it's really mind blowing. I, I was doing photography as a hobby and I found that no one cared about my photography until I took pictures of influencers. And when I did that, um, you know, I would have these, this group of, of, uh, be friends of my, my, my daughter and they have 15 million followers between them. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you sort of do the math on that, the, the Rose Bowl at full capacity, I think is somewhere around 90,000 people. And these kids of 15 million that they talk to every day, like Ed Sheeran can't fill the Rose Bowl every day. <laughs> right. Right. He can do it. For, for a, a week maybe but not not every day and so that's incredible um so the the amount of people that they that they can communicate with is just shocking and i think brands um making that really easy for brands to put their products into influencer stores is something our technology does now if you were to pay an influencer to post it's very expensive um, but if you can get your products into their store then every time they post you're getting the benefit of it forever as long as you can maintain that relationship so you can see why this idea of partnering is very interesting to me right it sounds really interesting um i mean i've I've worked in partnerships uh in a different way but it just seems so logical what you're suggesting like okay what goes in the bag or you're selling pizza okay what uh or you're selling pasta or you're selling you know, something and to upsell more of the same wouldn't make sense, but to upsell with something that goes with it, that's a companion to it. That's brilliant. And along with the influencers and all of that, you know, the way things have moved on the internet seems like, uh, you know, something that I would think other companies would want to jump on board with. Yeah, we've, we've, this is 2022 for us is going to be incredible. The amount of deals and huge relationships that we have got, even in the last 90 days, mm-hmm. incredible. Um, so, so again, this is a, this is a clear space, but there was no competition in this space. Um, it was one of sort of thinking about what matters most to brands. And, and I, I, I was very focused on attention and sales, um, attention, um, being the working with the influencers. And that's how I met my co-founder. So it, it sort of answers your question, you know, like when you're, you, you, you're interested in something. There's something here. This influencer thing. We need to we need to look into this. And then you meet somebody. I met um, my co-founder Jason Goldberg. We were helping students, and I was I was helping students as an investor, and he was helping them as an entrepreneur. So we were in the same room, and I was listening to him talking about influencers. And I'm like, hmm, this is a guy I need to talk to, right? And 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 then he listened to me, and then he's like, would you like to be our CEO? And that's and suddenly we're in the business and that that's that's that whole thing about getting out there and actually meeting people um that that can be that can become unlocks so you can start to really something that you're interested in can maybe become now you've got some data to work with as well um it's 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 just how it works and again there's no um you know, all of that is free. I'm, I was helping students for free. He's helping students for free. We're in a room together. Let's go. You know, that's, that's, that's quite common. But again, you see how that really, with that commencement speech I talked about, it's not about education. Right, right. <laughs> right. 
we didn't we didn't sit in a university class to learn how to do this this is you're inventing um and it's more about um about uh finding really really great people and 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 working with them and and his that's a perfect example of a non-hurdle pointer mm-hmm. i love that and i love that you continue to attract people that are uh you know, <laughs> definitely going to go over the hurdles and yourself included. And it sounds like you just keep reinventing and moving forward. And uh, you're a lifelong learner, it seems as well. Like you're constantly putting yourself into positions that probably start off as uncomfortable and you work a better way through it. So that is amazing. And I commend you on that. Yeah, it's it, like the influencer piece I was genu- genuinely interested in. So uh, I want to be clear, I'm not pushing my way into spaces I'm not interested in because then I'm not going to be able to really pour my passion into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's an important piece. There's something there before you start that, that interests you. And, um, and then because you have to also think about many businesses take five years or could be 10 years. Um, so don't be jumping onto something that's going to bore you to death in 12 months. Um, that's not going to work. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, and I think that there's a certain personality too, right? You know, people that tend to be, let's say a visionary or, you know, somebody who is leading, you're always looking at things that are going to keep your interest. I mean, I think boredom is one of the worst things somebody could do. That's, that's a leader. I mean, I know for sure that's something I don't do well is boredom. So I don't think it's ever the money that can inspire you as much as the curiosity or the ability to do, uh, to do whatever it is that you're, you're trying to accomplish. Well, the, the one other thing which I do a lot is, is um, the thing that I love about the internet is that the best people in the world very commonly share the, um, their knowledge they're very happy to have you have you seen this thing masterclass.com by any chance oh yeah um, yeah yeah we subscribe to it mm-hmm. yeah i mean you have um you know amazing amazing people on there like james cameron will teach you directing are you freaking kidding me i can get james cameron to explain to me how he made terminator are you kidding me like that's a thing is that ten thousand dollars no <laughs> it's part of your, your monthly subscription <laughs> right uh, you know would I pay $10,000? I'd pay $20,000 to get to learn from James Cameron how to how to do that. And so that's what's really the interesting point is that like say you you want to become a photographer that's actually your fantasy is to someday be uh, you know a really good like a really respected photographer. Well, there's probably about 7 or 8 classes you could take with the best photographers out there. And if you took those seven or eight classes, you're going to learn that they each have something that they teach. They've been doing it for 30 years. You're going to get the 30 years in a very short period of time. But what you're going to realize is that a lot of the things they say are the same. So you you, you learn from five experts, 80% of it's going to be, maybe even 90% of it's going to be the same stuff. And then there's going to be that nugget. There's going to be that thing that made the trip worth it, right? And you're going to, and you've got that now. You, they've given that to you, um, and you're deadly compared to a, someone who's just fumbling around with a camera and hoping to, to, to take pictures. You've now got the secret sauce that has been handed to you by people that took thirty years to work that out. 
this is this is available today in every dimension um and and so you know i i was i was thinking that might be a fun book to do at some point like you know you, t- you did you've basically done all of these these things to save the, the to save them having to <laughs> like right you go, you go gather up all the nuggets and put them in a place for them so they can just fast track which goes back to when, when we started talking about you know the the, the time to uh, aha so how quickly can you go ah oh, i get it um and that um you know you, you might have to sit through 20 classes um but you're 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 coming away now uh, you know really understanding the space and having being trained by people who really know what they're doing um i i think so that's what i tend to do now when i get into a new subject is i start looking immediately to see who are the experts that are willing to share and I have found that if you reach out to people, you'd be surprised. They're, they're usually quite happy to answer your questions or, or um, you know, even if they don't have a course yet. Um, I've reached out to people where I've seen some incredible woodworking and they're using a computer to cut it. And, 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 I, and they're in Canada and I'll send them a really respectful message and say, you know, this is something I'm really interested in. I've been looking for this and I've been trying to find, you know, you, do you remember I told you about the, the Maloof rocking chair? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I found someone who actually created a digital version that you can cut out using a, a computer. And, and I, and I wrote to him and I was just so nice. And all, and, and in the end, he, he sent me the files for free and wow. you just thank you internet. Right. Yeah. One, I would never know he existed. Um, I would have no possible way to get in contact with him. And then now you can sort of share your passion. He could tell I was really interested in what he was doing. And uh, next minute there's the file so, so that someone's poured tons of time into. And that, that just keeps reminding me how people are accessible. Um, what the, there's, um, there's a guy, Gary V out there. I, I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's the, like a, a pretty interesting sort of guy that's got all of these uh ideas on how to do things but he you know um regarding social media marketing and everything else but one thing he talks about is is the idea that you don't you don't just do the ask straight out of the gate right (laughs) he's got this idea when you box you jab a few times before you 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 go for it and you do the big punch um so you go jab 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 punch and um and that's that's actually turns out to be quite a i i do agree with that i think that actually helps a lot. And I, I find if, um, you know, on LinkedIn, um, when you reach out to people, mm-hmm. um, most commonly they won't reply. That's actually turns it into a video game for me. <laughs> it's like, uh, okay, they're, they're not going to reply. Well, what did you write that would make them reply? Right. Like, it creates an actual game for you. It's just gamified it. And, um, and I, I love that, um, you know, I love doing that with CEOs of other companies. You know, hey, I've been using your platform. I think it's awesome. Um, but I found uh, there's a feature that it's missing. And I think if you were to add this, um, it would really, you know, it's definitely something you could patent and it would uh, greatly improve your platform and, you know, blah, 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 whatever. And you write it in a way that makes that the CEO of that company go, I'm kind of interested to hear this. <laughs> 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 you know oh what I mean? Suddenly I you're, you're getting an email back from the CEO of the company saying, you know, let's talk. So that's, that's, that's a fun game. That is a fun game. I used to be in sales and 
I never ever would ask anybody anything up front. I always was curious about them. I've always been curious about people. That's partly why I do what I do for a living. I'm always curious about what makes people tick. And I feel a lot of times when people reach out on LinkedIn, they start selling right away. And I, I, when I'm in the mood, I end up going, you know, there's a different way to approach this that might have actually had me interested in what you were selling. But when you ask me for something and you don't even know if it's something I'd want, then, uh, you know, that's kind of a, a little bit of a problem. So I think it's always good to want to know who you're selling to. Yeah, there's a great book out there, which I refer to. Um, it's called The Irresistible Offer, and it teaches um, just the, the core concepts of um, how people will will receive an idea and, and decide whether or not to, to move forward. And um, and so I've I've taken that concept and sort of expanded on that myself. So I have my own list of what makes it an irresistible offer, and and that's a fun that's a fun thing to to sort of play with is what do you have to put in there that that makes them say, okay, I have enough information here to say yes. It's very common people ask for a yes when they haven't given them enough information to say yes. It's and then they're kind of like, oh, it's so frustrating. You know, they haven't said they they. They, they didn't say yes and they, they they're taking too long to reply or whatever it's because you didn't give them what you what they needed to give you a yes right right absolutely I totally agree with that too David I think we could keep talking um, for the next several hours because this is, you know this has been great I think this has been so informative for people listening and for myself included uh, I just I love listening to what you have to say so thank you. No, this has been fun. And uh, as far as our, our platform goes, if anyone's on Shopify and you would like to try it out, just uh, go to getcaro.com and send us an email to hello at getcaro.com and tell them that you heard this podcast and, and they will take really good care of you. Awesome. I love that. And we'll have that out there uh, when we post this on social media as well. So you guys can find the link there too. Uh, David, once again, thank you. You have been so wonderful uh, to give us your time and obviously what you've shared. So thank you again. Oh, thanks so much. All right, everybody. We'll be back next time. And in the meantime, go out there and live. Take care. Bye-bye.